Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Mark chapter 10. We're continuing our summer series called Words of Life, where we're examining or exploring uh, passages uh, in the New Testament, the Gospels and Acts, basically, um, where gospel conversations are happening, either Jesus with uh, some unbelieving uh, person or uh, the apostles as they carried the gospel around the world, looking for principles and practices and encouragements that can help us as we seek to be faithful witnesses for Christ's kingdom, as we proclaim the gospel of that kingdom in word uh, and in deed. Uh, the gospel conversation that we'll consider today might be a little bit uh, un, uh, unexpected, and in some ways it probably doesn't exactly meet the, the definition of a gospel conversation per se. But I think that it's really important and instructive for us. Uh, And it concerns a group of people that perhaps uh, we are inclined often to neglect, uh, to overlook, but who I think comprise one of the most important ministry fields that the Lord has given us, namely children. Jesus has some powerful and important words to speak about Children and his heart for them, and indeed how his church ought to regard them. So, boys and girls who are in the room with us, I hope that you're always listening. You're always welcome to engage with God's word uh, as as we go through it together. But I hope specifically today that you'll pay a little bit extra, a little closer attention, because the the, the words here of Jesus have a lot to do with you and uh, with uh, his heart for you and his invitation to you. So, I hope that you'll. Uh, Stay with us as we as we go through this passage together. So let's look together at Mark chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 13 through 16. And then we'll talk about these few verses together. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. It's a short passage. There's not a lot going on here. Could easily be overlooked. And yet it gives us a glimpse into the bigness of the heart of Jesus toward children. And there's a good and necessary word of exhortation to his adult followers in the way that we regard children and treat them and seek to serve and teach them the way of Christ. So the first thing that happens in the story is that the disciples are trying to deter children from coming to Jesus. So Jesus is out and about in public. By this point, his public ministry has gained popularity. And so everywhere he goes, crowds follow, right? So large groups of people uh, are among him all the time. Many of them sick, many of them oppressed by demons, many of them ailing in various other ways. And so they're coming to Jesus to be healed, Uh, to have demons uh, removed from them, uh, or simply to be taught. They're just interested in his teaching of God's word, and so they want to know more. They're interested in in what he's saying. And so crowds of people follow Jesus. And it shouldn't then be surprising that among these large crowds of people flocking to Jesus are parents with children. And so 
the fact that it's the, the, the disciples are rebuking them, and I think the, the people being rebuked here are not the children themselves. I don't think necessarily the disciples are saying, get out of here, kid. But they're probably rebuking the parents, like quit sending your kids over here, right? So the disciples are, are, are correcting the parents who are maybe sending their children toward Jesus to say, we're trying to, to do something here, right? And so I think the fact that the disciples are deterring children from coming to Jesus tells us a couple of things. First of all, it tells us that parents were bringing their children to Jesus, right? So, I mean, that's the very first sort of obvious implication of this uh, narrative is that parents were regularly bringing their children to meet Jesus. They wanted him, and it says specifically, so that he might touch them, right? They want to get the hands of this healer, the hands of this, this mighty one, the hands of this uh, one from God to, to, to rest upon their children, to, to bless them, to help them, perhaps to heal them. Maybe some of the parents had children who were sick and they were hoping to bring their ailing children to Jesus. Perhaps some of all of this spiritual blessing, teaching and instruction, right? But parents were bringing their children to Jesus. That's one aspect of the sort of public life and ministry of Christ that we shouldn't miss. And I think it also tells us that children were drawn to Jesus. The children that surrounded him were not trying to get away and parents were shoving them toward Jesus. All right, parents were bringing children to him. But the heart of Jesus toward children is so obvious and warm and affectionate and clear in these verses and other places. And in fact, there's a version of of this happening in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record parents bringing their children to Jesus and the disciples trying to d- deter them and Jesus saying, no, bring them to me, right? This happens in all three of uh, the gospel accounts. And so I think that children wanted to be around Jesus. There was something in his eyes, something in his voice, something in his manner, something of his heart that I think was evident to them. And they wanted to be around Jesus And the disciples here, of course, stand in the way and they rebuke the, the parents and say, no, don't send them to Jesus. Now, in their defense, if we can just be a little bit uh, compassionate for a moment, uh, given, again, the size of these crowds that Jesus is gathering uh, and probably the number of kids and families that are gathering around Jesus, it would have been really time consuming. For them to allow every sort of flood of children to come in, to come to Jesus, right? So, it, and they're on, they're moving, you know, the ministry of Jesus and his disciples to kind of go from town to town and to preach the gospel and to move on to the next one. And so they're kind of always traveling, and so it could be that they just see time ticking away. They see we've got to get to the next town before nightfall. So, like, let's hurry up and move along. And these kids are just kind of a distraction, right? They're just kind of in the way. So they probably mean well. They're thinking this is inefficient in sort of keeping Jesus on track, if you will, with his ministry. But they've obviously misunderstood something about the heart of Jesus uh, for these children. Because it seems that in their minds, Jesus is too busy with the important stuff to make time for kids. And they're just going to get in the way. Boys and girls, I wonder if you ever feel like that. What if you ever feel like you just kind of get in the way, like the grown-ups in your life maybe seem like they're too busy, too distracted, and that the things that are on your mind or on your heart to do or to say or to ask just kind of seem like an annoyance at times. 
I wonder if you feel like you're a nuisance to the grown-ups around you sometimes. As a dad myself, I know that I sometimes can make my own children feel that way. I'm well aware, painfully aware of times in my own life. Even if I'm looking back on the last week, I could identify a few of them where I pushed a child away where I could have welcomed, where I could have included. I've got good news for you. You are never in Jesus' way. You are never a nuisance to Jesus. Jesus is not too busy for you. He's not doing important things that keep him away from you because here's the first principle I'll point out to you from this passage. Children are important to Jesus. Children are important to Jesus. I want you children to hear that and I want grown-ups to hear that as well. Myself, children are important to Jesus. They're not a distraction. They don't get in the way. They're not a nuisance. They're not the stuff we've got to take care of while we deal with the real issues of ministry. They are the ministry. They are the people that God gives to us to reach, to love, to teach, to bless. How do we as a church show our community that children are important to Jesus? Why would parents, for example, want to bring their children to imprint? Are we a community where, where a family with children coming in would see and recognize children are valued here? We can see the value that Jesus has for children because of the way that this church lives. Would they, would they know that? Would they understand that? And if they do bring their children here, will we be faithful in bringing their children to Jesus? Because that's our job, right? That's our goal. It's not for them to see how cool we are or how great Imprint is or all the cool stuff we've got going on. It's just to go, we're glad you're here. Let me take you to Jesus. Are we going to be faithful in that? In pointing people to Christ when they come? Parents, a word to those of you who are caring for children. Let the example of the parents in this passage, subtle but present, be an encouragement to you. We as parents should seek earnestly to bring our children to Jesus. Show them his way, his heart. Read them his word. Take them to Jesus in prayer. Bring your children to Jesus. So that's the first principle we see. Children are important to Jesus. Boys and girls, I want you to hear that loud and clear. Jesus isn't too distracted by the big and important things for you because you are the big and important thing in the heart of the Lord. Also, Jesus corrects the disciples. That's what happens next in verses 14 and 15. So he's, he's heard the disciples rebuking the parents and trying to keep the children from coming to Jesus. And so he speaks up in the hearing of all. And it says he was indignant, right? So he's not unhinged. He's not ranting in an outrage, but he is disturbed. He is unsettled by what he sees going on here. This is not right. Jesus sees that something is amiss in the way the disciples are sort of stiff-arming kids. Nope, stay away from Jesus, kicking them out of the sort of field of play. And Jesus is upset about this. And so he speaks up and he says, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. Do not hinder them. 
What obstacles do we put in the way of children's path to Jesus? As a church, as families, as individual adults? Is it just busyness? Is that an obstacle? We're just, we just have too much going on to really invest time in our children's spiritual lives. Impatient, you know, it's just hard. It just takes time and they don't always get it right away. And I got to keep saying the same thing over and over. And, you know, I just, maybe I'll let somebody else take care of that, right? Do we maybe overcomplicate the gospel at times? Do, do we maybe overemphasize behavior management, you know? When we're teaching and training our children, we're more interested in are they under control versus are they meeting Jesus? Are they learning of Jesus' heart and Jesus' way? I think there are all kinds of subtle ways that we might even unintentionally put obstacles in the pathway of our children to reaching Jesus. Jesus says, don't hinder them. Don't hinder them. And then he gives this really interesting explanation for sort of why... Don't hinder children from coming to me. Let them come to me because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, right? To such belongs the kingdom of God. And then he says in verse 15, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Of course, that doesn't mean that as like during your childhood years is the only possible time to actually come to Jesus and enter the kingdom of God. He's not speaking literally here necessarily, but there is something about the heart of a child and the weakness of a child. Don't be offended. The the helplessness of a child dependent on others for their resources and their provision and their, their lives. There's something about the helplessness of and heart of a child that illustrates for grown-ups how we are to approach Jesus and enter the kingdom of God. Here's the way I'd word this principle. Jesus' kingdom is not gained by power and influence. Jesus' kingdom is not gained by power and influence. See, that's the way of the world. The way of the world elevates those with wealth, those with Prestige, those with reputation, those with power. In worldly thinking, kingdoms belong to those with the strength and the guts to take them by force. That's how kingdom building is done in the world. But Jesus flips that script. The way of Jesus is different. His kingdom has different values. His kingdom doesn't come to the strong and powerful, at least not by virtue of their strength or their power. It comes to the weak. And helpless. You may remember the way that Jesus opened the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Not blessed are the strong, blessed are the courageous, blessed are the powerful, blessed are the warriors, blessed are the generals, blessed are the poor and the meek. To say that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like children is to say that the kingdom is not purchased with wealth or obtained by force, but granted to those with simple, sincere faith in the Lord Jesus. 
It's not the way of the world. And it often doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't compute with us because we're so ingrained in the worldly ways of thinking. Bigger is always better, right? The, the mega church with all of the radio ministries and the, you know, the, the thousands of people and the multi-campuses and the extent, wow, look at their incredible outreach. Those are, in the world's way of thinking, those must be the best churches, right? Those must be where all the power really is. But that's, that's not how Jesus thinks. That's not the value and vision of Jesus. That's not a dig on mega churches. God is at work in mega churches too. All I'm saying is that's the wrong metric. Like that's the wrong measure for us to have our eye on because that's not where Jesus' eye is. Jesus wants to see where is humble, sincere faith. That's where the kingdom goes. The kingdom grows among those with simple, sincere faith. And it's in that sense, I think, that the kingdom is for those who are like children. Jesus' kingdom is not gained by power and influence. And so these children become a little bit of a a teaching opportunity for Jesus to the grown-ups in the crowd, including probably specifically his own disciples who have gotten this wrong. And who, in fact, just before this, uh, were arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus puts a child in front of them and says, the kingdom is theirs. Well, so the final thing that happens in the passage is that Jesus... Blesses the children. Look in verse 16. It says he took them in his arms and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. Such warmth and affection and welcome and love that Jesus has for each boy or girl that came to him. Jesus was not too busy. Jesus welcomed them into his presence. And because he's just made this sort of announcement about the way of the kingdom, right? The kingdom belongs to such as these. The kingdom belongs to those who in weakness and helplessness come to me in faith. Then this blessing of children, this gathering of children into his arms becomes a picture of the third principle. Jesus invites children into his kingdom. Jesus invites children into his kingdom. You don't have to wait until you're a grown-up to follow Jesus. There are different ways that different sort of Christian traditions understand where those lines and, and delineations happen, and those are all good conversations to have. But the heart of Jesus is to welcome children into his kingdom. Jesus loves children. He is willing to spend time to show affection, to speak blessings into the lives of boys and girls. And we too, as followers of Jesus, must make time for children, teaching them, caring for them. There are some ways we try to do that as as a church collectively. We've just recently started up kids' Bible study at nine on Sunday mornings, an opportunity for, uh, for people in our church, adults in our church, to invest in our children by Teaching them the gospel, pointing them to God's word, caring for them specifically. We have Little Imprints Nursery that we've also just resumed, uh, where volunteers from our church, again, are spending time with our youngest ones. And even there, uh, telling them about Jesus, pointing them to the gospel. We have our Vacation Bible School this week, where just about all of us will have some role to play in, uh, in blessing children. Both children in our church and children in the community who aren't a part of our church. In fact, our registration right now is at 20, and five of those are imprint kids. 
which means 15 kids or people that are not even connected to our church, but they've signed up to bring their children to us. Boy, let's make sure we bring their children to Jesus. Kids, boys and girls, Jesus' kingdom is for you. He wants you to come to him in faith, to believe that he is God's son and to choose to follow his ways for your whole life. That invitation is yours. It's not just for once you turn 18 and are able to vote and drive or whatever. Those aren't barriers in Jesus' kingdom. He says, come to me in faith and the kingdom is yours. Come, receive him, trust in him. You know, Jesus says to such belongs the kingdom. He doesn't say the kingdom belongs to all children just by virtue of their being children. That there is something required of you. And really it's the same thing that's required of all people. And it's simply this. Just come. Just come to Jesus in simple faith. Just as grown-ups must do in order to receive Jesus as Savior and enter his kingdom forever, your heart must trust in Jesus, and you must choose to turn from your sin and follow him as your king. That's the invitation. That's the exhortation to all of us, boys and girls included. Come to Jesus in simple faith. If you haven't done that and you're curious about it, I'm sure you could talk to one of your parents or to another member of our church or to me. We would be thrilled to talk to you about that step. How do I come to Jesus? We could not get a better question. So don't be afraid to ask. So brothers and sisters, in our mission to steward the words of life about Jesus, we must not neglect to tend one of the most important gardens in his harvest field, children. He's placed them among us. He's blessed our families with them. He's put them into our church. He's put them all around us in our community. Let the children come to me. So let me close with some final exhortations. Parents, lead your children to Jesus. Read the Bible to them. Talk to them about spiritual matters. Pray for their salvation and their growth in Christ. Bring them to church and, and let them see you singing and listening to God's word and participating together. Parents have an important responsibility here to bring their children to Jesus. Church. Maybe those who aren't parents in our congregation look for ways to bless the children in our church. Serve parents in the church by helping them to take care of their kids, by volunteering in ministries that serve them, by praying for them by name to grow in Jesus. There's all kinds of ways that you can come alongside boys and girls in our congregation and parents in our congregation to help us uh, as a community of faith to, to raise up this next generation in the way of Christ, The old statement, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, more and more, that's sort of disconnected from the way that we live our lives in 21st century America. But that really ought to be true in the church. It takes a community of people, not just mom and dad or mom or dad or a guardian of some kind. It takes a whole community of people who are loving and following Jesus to come alongside one another. Hey, let me help. How can I serve? How can I contribute? How can I invest in relationships even with the youngest people in our church community look for ways to bless and serve children in our congregation. And children, I'll conclude with this exhortation to you. Draw near to Jesus in faith. He welcomes you. He wants you. He loves you. And then invite your friends to come to Jesus with you. 
Because Jesus himself said, let the children come to me. And that must be our heart as well. Let's pray.